Welcome to Off the Rip with your hosts that front like they know the most. We talking smack about whoever, whatever is currently on our minds. We ain't no experts, so don't get hurt if we say something that rubs you the wrong way. This is a place where ideas get thrown out and tossed around. If you can't take the heat, get up out the kitchen. We about to serve them up. It's Reem D, Mook, and Shiz. It's Off the Rip. Nothing in common. Nothing to say, nothing to comment. I can't stay comfortable comments. Yo, 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 welcome back. We are on episode 52. First new episode, or first episode of the new year, is that correct? Shit, I had to think, think about so. that, yeah. Yeah, I think so, yeah. 2023. So, yeah. happy new year to y'all. Um, thank you for sticking with us, and if you're here for the first time, thank you for joining us. You won't be disappointed. Um, so, yeah, let's start off, man. How's everybody doing, yo? Let's get what you should. Hey, listen, man, can't complain. Just trying to survive in a harsh and cruel world, man. You know, so how you doing today? I think today is a, a, a very special day for you, though. I, I want to throw it right back at you. Day. You're right. Yeah, right. You. <laughs> what? You know, he's, I'm laughing at Mook. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> nah, tell, tell, tell the audience, man. What's Why is the day so special? Uh, Today, January 8th, the day of recording, has been one year that I've been with my significant other, Mm. shout out to you Steph Mm. love you girl Um, it's been a a real special year it's been a hell of a ride and I couldn't imagine doing it with nobody else Um, super appreciate everything that you do for me have done for me continue to do Um, I can for a fact say that I'm a better person because of you and I want to be even better because of you so thank you and I'll say that but yeah man it's been a year Oh, um, it's crazy, man. Time flies. Man, time flies. Sure does, man. So please uh forgive me, man. There's just some sun right now. It's in my eyes, man. So <laughs> it's just tears, you know, that's just that's just what it is. <clears throat> man, that's that's beautiful, yeah, man. man. That's dope. Yeah. How's that feel? It feels crazy, dog. You know, I, I was as you as y'all know, my personal life probably never saw myself being able to be locked down. Not locked down, that's not that sounds makes it sound negative, but I mean, um, just grounded, I guess, just mm. in one spot, uh, one person. Not in the sense that I was out gallivanting around these streets, but just in the sense that you know I'm very, uh, I'm not antisocial, but I'm like an introvert, extra extrovert, introvert. Like I am mm. very extroverted, but I do value my alone time. I value my solidarity, and uh, I understand that I'm such a uh, indiv- an individual or unique person in the way that um, I understand I could be hard to be around. You know, I'm a tough, tough pill to swallow because I'm so set in some of my rigid ways in terms of how um, blunt and honest and truth telling I call it truth telling that I can be, which other people might find you know come off as uh, off putting or rude or um, petty. Yeah, you could. Yeah, <laughs> so, you could be a dickhead. Yeah, you could be a dick. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So um, it's just. It's crazy to, to to look back and reflect on that, to reflect where I was um, a year ago. You know, I'm also a stubborn person as well. So I knew, even though it's been a year that we've dated, you know, it's been a, it was a long courtship before we started dating. Mm. Um, and I was constantly getting curved. So she she was trying to tell herself and everybody else that she didn't like me. But I was like, nah, you like me. I know you like me. And so just sticking with that and um, seeing that through as well. So... Yeah, feels feels good. I mean, like, I'm doing stuff that I never thought I would be doing before. Uh, so it's interesting. We'll we'll get into that later on in the pod. I think we have some conversation about routines and, and all that jazz. But yeah, so I'm doing good, man. Thanks for asking. Of course, of course. That's what's up. That's what's up. Shout out to y'all. Yeah, that's dope. Yeah, man. I I don't know. I don't know though how good I'm doing. Like if I'm doing as good as Rashawn is when he has those uh rehab rehab things on his legs. Oh, see, those, I, knew, <laughs> I knew you were gonna go there. See, I knew you were gonna go there. Whatever those like Hold industrial on, grade, that. like <laughs> man, yo, the I don't know if I'm doing as good as that as Rashawn is when he has his recovery recovery oh, stuff on his man. legs. I don't, what do you even Here call you those go. things? I only seen LeBron James wear them. Honestly, I, I don't even know. That. I, I don't know what they I are. I couldn't get them like a normal person because I don't know. What don't throw that on me. 
I have no idea what those things are called. Um, <laughs> don't throw that on me. I'll say that. I'll say that for our topic. I'll say that for our, our topic later on in the pod. I'm like, man, this dude shits get everything, bro. Like, where do you find this shit? Hey, listen, right? man, you just gotta stay connected, bro. Gotta stay I actually want to ask the same thing. <laughs> but yeah, so how you doing, Reem? I'm good, man. I'm good. Um, Marissa just had a surgery on her feet, so recovering from that surgery went well. So it's just uh, a few weeks of recovery. Um, yeah, so we're just staying around the house, chilling, watching a lot of Netflix, playing a lot of video games, just chilling out. Um, but yeah, things are good. Overall health is good, so can't complain. That's what's up, man. Good to hear and, and speedy recovery. Speedy recovery. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. What's up with you, Mook? Chilling on daddy duty right now, so I'm making sure Zoe is not turning up my house. <laughs> right? <laughs> So, yeah, well, doing good. Speaking of daddy here. duty, oh my bad. Go ahead. Now I say she's out here. I'm trying to force her to play basketball, but you know, as you can see, she doesn't want to shoot the ball. She's picking up the ball and dropping it. But she'll get it eventually. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, speaking of daddy duty, we have an addition to the OTR family, mm. and um, T. Sperry, TP, uh, TP. He ain't here right now because. He and his uh, beautiful fiance have just welcomed in a new life, a young new baby girl into the world, Sasha. Mm. Shout, out, shout out to you, Sasha, baby Perry. Uh, so happy, glad glad that the family's extended and wishing y'all the best. It's a happy time. I think January sixth, I believe, she came into the world. TP now, Daddy P. I like that. <laughs> Daddy yeah. P. Daddy P. <laughs> that's yeah, dope, got, bro. Congrats. Got the, got the baby on the ones and twos now. That's what that's what's going on. Sasha on the ones and twos. Yes, sir. And then um also shout out to to our coworker Miles. Mm-hmm. Um, our family. That's another family member too. Shout out to OTR family. You also welcomed in a, a baby girl as well. Mm-hmm. Uh baby Alina on January 5th. So it's a good time. Yeah. And shout out to A B. Shout out to A B. Shout out to A B for dealing sure. with with, with with that guy over there on that microphone because hey, he a head hey, case listen. too. Hey, listen. Yep. <laughs> shout out to wifey, man. Put yeah, on shit. Taking care of my guy, son. Shout out to A B for all that. Absolutely. Shout out to King Kai. The real Kai. As we all know, <laughs> as his name, his real name is KD. <laughs> Kai Gary. That's, that's forever what his name will be. KD from now on. But oh, yeah, man. so. All right, man. That's a lot of positive news to start the year. Um, as we pivot, we did have we did see a little bit of a um, a scare. Not a little bit of it was a scare um, in National Football League. Demar Hamlin of the uh, Buffalo Bills was playing against the Cincinnati Bengals. Is that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, there was a play, seemingly just a football play, that happened where Demar Hamlin made a tackle with wide receiver T Higgins and. As he got up, um, he just fell out and collapsed. And then they had to resuscitate him. It took nine minutes to resuscitate him. I think they also used a defibrillator on him as well. Um, Ambulance came and took him out. And then the the game was canceled, suspended, and later on canceled. I don't know how they're handling that, but the game didn't continue is what I'm trying to say. And then um, reports have been now that he's been in the hospital and He's um st- he's been recovering. It's been a process, but just uh, thoughts on that situation. What was going on for y'all in y'all head, or where did that bring y'all to? And what do y'all think? Yeah, I think he's breathing now. I think something came out. Um, I was looking on Twitter. Um, I believe he's he's off whatever breathing machine, and he's breathing on his own, which is a great sign. He's talking. He's alert. Uh, but for me, that's. Cardiac arrest is is very scary. I mean, for for y'all that know on the pod, my dad, when I was 10 years old, um, had a cardiac arrest episode. So I know firsthand what that's like. Um, and then in terms of the statistics around people that experience cardiac arrest, they say that less than 12% survive. So every every minute was essentially crucial, right? From the time that he collapsed to um, you know 
the CPR to, you know, the, the defibrillator being on site, it's, it's, it's really seconds, um, that, that count. Um, so, you know, thankfully that, you know, he's able to, to be on the other side of this, but for me, it's, it's a very scary moment to see that life, right? It's just kind of reliving a trauma that I've experienced as a 10 year old boy. Um, but yeah, just love to just love to hear everybody else's reaction to that initially because I love to dig deep into this. Yeah, I, I would say the same thing. That was that was traumatizing to to experience on 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 live television because it's it's not something that I think as as a commentator it's not something that they're prepared to to for so when that happens like that you're. You kind of have, I sound bad, but you kind of have to keep your calm on the airway. And you could hear how quiet it was in that stadium. And Buffalo is one of the loudest stadiums in the NFL. But it was just a, a terrible, I mean, I think it was um, Cincinnati. Was They were at Cincinnati, was it? Or was it they Buffalo? Were in Cincinnati. Okay, yeah, so it was um, Cincinnati. But yeah, so it was, it was, you could hear a pin drop in there. And it was scary. I, I fortunately wasn't watching the game. So I didn't know about it until probably maybe five, ten minutes into it that it happened. But I can't imagine watching that game and seeing something like that. And you have to feel for, you know, he has college teammates that are watching this game. His mother was at the game. You know, his, you know, siblings and and, and relatives and things like that see that on live television. I mean, I can only imagine, like like Rashawn said, he had experience that. I can only imagine what what emotions are going through your mind and and you know me as somebody who's not connected to the situation. It was scary for me to even see. So I'm I'm glad that that how fast they reacted. Um, you can even see the emotions on players where it was just like you know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it it was it, it was a very wild feeling because it was uh like you guys said a live game monday night so you have millions and millions of people watching and everybody is kind of experiencing it like together right like marissa kind of pointed this out but like you could feel even if you were at home you could kind of feel the energy that was coming off from the game and everybody in the stands especially when they would pan to the players and you see players crying you see players you know holding their mouth like you could really feel how terrified people were because they didn't know what was going on. Uh, I think that's what stood out to me is that, you know, the the game stops and, and right away, like I'm looking at the players to see what the players' reactions are. And you can see they're just like, you know, frozen. Um, and then as the timeout goes longer and longer, you start to realize this is, this is not good. You know, you see the ambulance go on the field and then you get on the Twitter and you see people start making all these crazy like accusations and things that are happening um you know and, and so just that and again we've talked about this but social media right like we all kind of went through that trauma together because there was millions and millions of people that saw it that were talking about it that were asking questions there was doctors that were giving their analysis of the video you know so it, it was really this i don't want to say worldwide but probably countrywide thing that everybody kind of went through and i think for many people it probably you know reiterated the dangers of football um but for some it was kind of a, a shock because to to everybody's knowledge or to our knowledge at least damar is a, is a relatively healthy person you know and i think that's what's scary is that he took this hit which like she says a normal football hit you know he went to tackle and, and yeah. you know kind of had a collision and just where he got hit you know right to the heart i'm assuming i, I don't know but something caused that irregular heartbeat and, and that's what's really scary is that I imagine that could happen to anybody at any given moment. And and yeah, that's a good point, Ring, because I think for me, it's just just kind of re- reiterates that this could happen across any sport, right? Football, basketball, baseball. Um, because as you mentioned, Demar Hamlin is he was 24 years old, healthy. He's a professional athlete, right? Um, it's kind of scary that whether if it was the hit or it could have been some sort of pre-existing heart condition that could have gone under the radar up until this point. Um, 
he could be taking some supplements or it could just be his diet, right? It could have been an electrical situation with his heart that in this moment, it just kind of gave out. And that's the scary thing, right? With these, these sudden cardiac arrest issues. Um, and honestly, shout out to the athletic trainers and to the people that were there that, you know, cardiac arrest, they're, they're things that don't necessarily happen as often or what we don't see on TV. Uh, but the fact that, you know, people just kind of got right into it in terms of, you know, doing CPR and having that defibrillator there just for this young man to have a, you know, a fighting chance at life. Um, Cause for me, this, this brings back. And as I mentioned, like every second matters, like paint gathers move the, the, the college player that played at, Loyola Marymount. This is, you can watch that on YouTube, right? Uh, a young man who I think had a breakout game, um, laid up the basketball and then collapsed on the floor. And people were like, yo, what the hell is going on? Right. Still trying to figure this out. And this happened in the nineties. If they were aware of what could be potentially happening to him, he might still be here today, but unfortunately he died right there on that court. Um, and, you know, guys like Reggie Lewis, where we watch games where there's been instances where he's had a collapse and like regained conscience uh, seconds after falling. But it's just one of those preexisting heart conditions in a professional um, world that, you know, still to this day go under the radar. And that's that's the scary thing, you know, in terms of how every second is critical. Um, so like I said, I'm glad that, you know, he's on the other side of this. Unfortunately, he might not be able to play bat, uh, football ever again uh, with this condition, um, which which sucks, right? Because this is his passion. This is this is how he makes his bread and butter. But um, I'm just glad that he's alive, man. Yeah, I said the same thing, too. I was like, I mean, if he never gets to play a football game again, at least he gets to you know, still be here. And that wasn't the last time we ever saw him was on that football field. Because I honestly don't know what what would have happened had he had died on that football field. You know, just, just the whole narrative of football and just what the perception of everything would have been and, and how everybody would have taken to that. Because at that point, would you ever want to, to be honest, would you ever want to watch a football game again? If we watched that live and, and he never came back, I don't think I'd ever want to watch a football game again just because I'd be so afraid that I don't want to see something like that again. And obviously that's, that's you know, that's something that obviously doesn't happen, that rarely ever happens. I've, none of us have ever experienced it. But... To, to to be a part of something like that was just, you know, scary. But, you know, obviously he gets to walk away from that situation. I guess he gets – the NFL's working on trying to pay his whole salary for the rest of the year because I guess it's a rule that if you're put on injured reserve that you get, like, a portion of your salary taken away. I don't know how it works, but I was reading an article about it earlier. But now the NFL has stepped in and said that they're going to put in some form of – um stipulation in it so that he can make his money for the rest of the year. But I also had saw an article, I don't know if you guys had seen um, some reporter who was talking about how the NFL's player association hasn't really helped players in this sense. So there's a lot of times that players will face an injury that we may not know about on on our side because obviously there's so much going on in the NFL that, you know, one person's situation might not be covered, but they were talking about how uh, in DeMar Hamlin's situation, if he never plays a game of football, he doesn't get a pension because he's in his second year of his NFL career. So he doesn't get that NFL pension that you have to play at least three seasons. But you think about football is one of the most dangerous sports there is. So football is not a game that you can play for a very long time. Football is a game that one injury and you may never play for it again. So they were talking about trying to look into possibly, um, you know, the NFLPA needs to go back and adjust what's going on because in a situation like this, there's disability in the NFL, but only 12% of players can get it. 
that file for it. So if you think about all the injuries that could happen in the NFL, all the, you know, we look at a guy like, you know, uh, bad example, but Aaron Hernandez was a guy that had CTE who even if he didn't do what he did and still lived the rest of his life, he's probably not going to be okay for the rest of his life. And he might not get, he might not get um, his, um, the um, disability. The pension. Yeah. The disability, the disability pension. If only 12% of players get it to begin with. So I just thought that was an interesting point he had made. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of speaks to like the issue of the NFL, which we we've talked about before, and I don't even want to talk about how the NFL handled it because it's just kind of frustrating in, in its own. But um, yeah, I imagine the medical disputes are a big issue. So, uh, like everybody's saying, just prayers up for Demar. Hopefully, he continues to make a full recovery. You know, like the announcers were saying, football is not even on the radar at this point. You know, you're just worried about him just being all right and making sure he, he makes as much of a recovery as he can. You know, you'll, you'll worry about football when it's appropriate, but you know, at, at that point and still even right now, it's, it's more just about him and, and his life than anything. Yeah. And let's just get Bayless. <laughs> oh yeah. Skip. Well, he's talking yeah. shit. Skip. Fuck him. Nah, he just had an untimely tweet. That was just like, not now, but not now. Yeah, it wasn't even that bad of a tweet, but the timing was just not great, and people just were so, you know, caught up that people, people hate Skip. What did he say? No, he was just like, uh, actually, let me not quote. Let me be. I mean, let me not say it verbatim. I'll quote it verbatim. So I'm trying to you think he took it down? It. No, he said he's not taking it down. Oh, good for him. I respect. He doubled down on that. Yeah, I don't think I really don't think the tweet is that bad. I think people were just really upset when they read it and they took it's, it's it the at, at worst. It's the message. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So he said, yeah, because there's a lot of players that came out and were really, really unhappy with just even, even basketball players are coming out. And I'm basketball, like, football, everybody was just getting yeah. that. Shit. So he said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Quote, unquote, no doubt the NFL is considering postponing the rest of this game, but how? This late in the season, a game of this magnitude is crucial to the regular season outcome, which suddenly seems so irrelevant. Then he posted that January 2nd at 9.30 p.m. Yeah, that's... Which I think is right after, or during, like right when it happened. January 2nd, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's right. I mean, at that point, the game is still probably going on. It hasn't been canceled yet. Yeah, so. yeah. It's just a tough – well, no, Skip, again, got to just read the room, but that's kind of Skip's deal. So it's like don't yeah. feed the beast. If you don't want him to be – if you don't want him to have all the attention, don't give him attention. And all these people when, tweeting about him just gives him gives – him, like any press is good press at that point with Skip. Yeah. yeah. And you know he's going to do stuff to poke the bear. Of course. So just ignore him and he'll go away. Mm-hmm. And I think with that, honestly, like the only thing I do is I just flip the two like statements. I just I talk about Demar and like his safety and health first, and then I make a comment about you know what's going to happen with this game because it, it is an important game. It's week seventeen of an eighteen week you know season as they get ready for playoffs. But when and you def- when the first thing you two. say, right? Yeah. Well, when the first thing you say is the football and what's going to happen to the game. It looks insensitive, you know, to not talk yeah. about Demar, but he does mention him. Um, but yeah, I, I can get why people would be upset about that. It's like you said, D, it's unfortunate timing, really. But yeah, no, like Skip, not just Skip. This is thing that that happens. The cycle that we're in, like where it's like you know what we're gonna get with Skip, and you know what we're gonna get with the NFL. Like the mm-hmm. NFL is a bottom line league that doesn't care about its players. And so for me, and it might be the cynicist in me, the cynical person. I don't even know cynicist is the word. This might be the cynical person in me that um, that just like, here we go again with the NFL, not caring about their players, not caring about the players' bodies. Why Why is this shocking to people? Um, and it just brings me back to where I, the NFL showed their ass several times, the whole Ray Rice situation. Colin Kaepernick situation and we still me included I mean I had two fantasy teams this year 
So maybe it's really myself I need to look at first, but you know, it's like we still are engaging with the product. Mm. And so uh, I just don't see it's just it's it's not fake outrage, it's deserved outrage, but it's always like, all right, what's next? What's the next step? Because they're still got their hands deep in our pockets as a society. So if we don't like it so much, how are we gonna do something about it? If we don't like Skip so much, stop watching the show. Yeah, clearly think... we love clearly the, the culture loves Skip. Yeah. No, I, I think yeah, that is I think for, nah, I, I'm just going back to just like this whole Tamar uh Hamlet uh situation. I think for me it's 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 unfortunate that he's going through this right now, but I think for me ultimately it was Dan. Like he's not gonna play again. Like it's it's clips for him because we know the NFL's obviously this this is a publicity thing right now in terms of Yes, everything that happened to him is very serious, but as we're not focusing on this situation anymore, what what's his plan B? Because he's most likely not going to play football anymore in the way the NFL is set up in terms of what you and Mook were just talking about, about, about the retirement, pension, and all those things. It's just like, dude's been in the league. Is this his first or second year in the league? Second. I believe it's the second Second year in the league, he's not making a lot of money, so it's just it's tough, you know. Yeah, I want to go back to a point though that you just made, D, about we keep listening to Skip. Do you think we keep listening to Skip just because we like Shannon though? Um, if so, I like, still, I still attribute some of that to Skip. Shannon has his own. Shannon has his own podcast. Like we want Shannon. Shannon has his own show, and sideline and stuff. His own content that he creates. But that show is still it's it, undisputed. Is better than First Take now. So it's okay. like it's like the it's, it's probably one of the top debate sports shows. It's it's better than anything on ESPN. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I think it comes down to like we love to find like reasons to dislike or like unify our, our hate's too strong of a word, but our, our dislike for something. And Skip just constantly like he's okay being the villain. So he'll say, you know, comments that one, get people talking, but two, normally get people talking negatively and about his, his take and views. And and he's like he's monetized that. He's I'll give him his credit. Like he knows how to, you know, keep the show going for years and years and years and find ways to stay relevant. But I think it's like it's way easier for people to, you know, come together and then be negative on somebody as opposed to, like, really the opposite, what they whatever say. that is. Yeah. You say it all the time, Kareem. Look at the message, not the messenger. And I think this was a, a classic mm-hmm. time of people looking at the messenger, mm-hmm. which yeah. is which is an um, is is false logic. It's not like when you look at the logic, that's a straw man argument. When you attack somebody's character. Versus attacking what their actual argument is, then that then you yeah. lose the debate. If you were doing an actual debate, like where you score it in points, like that's not how you have a good argument. So, yeah, yeah. welcome to the internet where there's no good arguments. So it's all opinion based. <laughs> yeah, all speaking right. in emotions, no logic, no nuance. Yeah. Everything's extreme. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but, no, yeah. but just prayers, prayers for tomorrow for sure. Absolutely. Well, th- this kind of does go on. We can shift shift topics because we were going to talk about um, just cancel culture, and mm-hmm. it's kind of is is getting at how why we think some people can get canceled, or other people don't, um, and how how severely does cancellation affect a person's legacy? Um. And just are they actually really canceled? Like so, what 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 are y'all thinking about that cancel culture? My first thing about yeah. cancel culture is probably okay. Uh, so my th- first thing about cancel culture is I feel like the only way that somebody can get canceled is obviously a cancel culture is a public thing, but until like the backing of corporations happens. Cancel culture really doesn't affect anybody. So 
you can say like, oh, we're not listening to, you know, we're not listening to so-and-so or whatever like that. <clears throat> Until dollars are pulled away from that person, I feel there's no cancellation of them. So when when they lose sponsorships, you know, like, for example, when Kanye lost his Adidas deal, like, that's when cancel culture happens. When Kobe lost his um, Adidas deal and, you know, all these different things back in, in the early 2000s, yes, he got canceled for that. But when people just say like, oh, like we'll kind of we'll kind of just act like we you don't matter anymore. It doesn't affect them because they're still going to be making money if people are still going to concerts, if people are still buying products. Yeah, I think it comes down to one is like, how do you define cancel culture or being canceled? Um, because for some people, it's like just a monetary thing. And it's like, did they lose money? Then, OK, they were canceled. Um but some people look at it as like, did they lose their access? Did they lose their privilege? Did they lose, you know, their identity? You know, um, typically you look at like, you know, celebrities and CEOs when you talk about cancel culture. But like, I think part of it is like everybody, not everybody, people have different definitions of what it actually means to be canceled. And so like you see cancellations from big corporations that won't work with a person, but then you also see cancellations from the fans or the people that say, I'm not going to support this person anymore. And I think it's two different ways of canceling or attempting to cancel. Um, and they both present a little differently. So it really depends on like how, like how you define somebody being canceled, right? It's not necessarily like an easy, easy thing to really hone in on. Yeah. And there's two things I want to get at there is that one, we cancel culture is so strange because the word I think we really want to use is blacklist. Like when mm. you blacklist somebody. And that's a word that has been around. And blacklist meaning like, uh, you know, when your person who's deemed as unacceptable or untrustworthy has done something um, that has voided an agreement or to, to endanger an agreement, then you get put on this uh, aforementioned list of people that you don't work with. So you can get blacklisted like Colin Kaepernick got blacklisted from the NFL. Right. You don't say cancel culture got Colin Kaepernick. It's Colin Kaepernick got blacklisted. And then my second point is it's interesting because it's always individuals who get quote unquote canceled and not corporations. Um, and sometimes it, the corporations are just as bad or if not worse. I, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Like um, I just pulled up um, just like a quick Google search of has anybody actually been canceled? And it's kind of funny just to see the articles that pop up. But um, like you said, D, it is kind of, especially when you look in like to celebrities and you see a lot of it in like the movie and acting space right now. Um, blacklisted is probably a better word because it's like you, you don't really cancel somebody, but you try to encourage others to not work with them or to not utilize their service. And that to me strikes more of like what blacklisting is kind of being like, you're just marking this person as, you know, you, you probably shouldn't do business with them. Um, but some of the people that come up in this list, and I won't get in specifically to what they did, but like Kevin Spacey, actor, James Franco, actor, Dave Chappelle's on here, which is kind of an interesting cancellation. Um, Marilyn Manson, our, uh, artist, Army Hammer, who I'm pretty sure is a, um director Campable? i've heard no, his he's name. an actor he's an actor he's an actor okay yeah literally um, the baby's arm and, arm and hammer fortune oh he is connected to that that's crazy as <laughs> <laughs> well he's trying to cancel his ass yeah so like you you see the just the the range of people that attempted to be canceled and i don't know some people might recognize some of those names and they can kind of speak to do they actually think those people were canceled or not um so it's an interesting thought for sure there's there's one person who I really think got canceled or blacklisted. I think they're interchangeable as I just said. And that's that's Papa John's. They got him out of here. Oh yeah. All the way, they got him all the way out of the <laughs> Definitely. But he was wilding out. He deserved it. <laughs> but but I mean ultimately his 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 corporation ended up that's that's what I'm saying. Himself. Yeah. Cause I mean now Shaq, Shaq I think runs it. Shaq runs it now, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's a good point. That's the only person that because he was doing all the NFL <laughs> commercials and things that I named <laughs> um, even, even it, when you I was going to say even when you do get canceled 
Then you get a nice little severance package to walk away, a la Donald Sterling. Mm. Or the dude or the dude from um the food uh uh food gourmet. What is it? Phantom Gourmet. Mm. Yeah. They like just That's he true. just like after he had his tweets during um the pandemic, you just kinda didn't hear about it. But they say he still got like part ownership of the company still. Because it's him and his brother. Yeah. <laughs> or like um the son's owner who has to sell the who has to sell the sons, but is gonna make four billion off of the, the sale of the sons. Yeah. You know, like yeah, that well, that's yeah. a great point too. Is when you can, when you cancel the, somebody, are you country. actually canceling them? No, you're canceling them from the public eye. I think it's right. I think we're starting to find this definition of the difference between canceling and blacklisting. But even if even going on corporations, Colin Kaepernick quote unquote blacklisted from the NFL, signs a deal with Nike, who has a deal with the NFL. But how how many how many corporations can do that, right? That's that's what I'm saying. Like some people, I think there's a level you get to where you're uncancelable because you're too essential. You're too essential. Your contributions to society have become too essential. Not necessarily meaning that they're Mm. good contributions, but that we rely on it. We're codependent on it so much, and it's like the it's like the graph that says you know fuck around and find out. It's like. (laughs) How much? How how much do we actually like you versus what it's going to take to get you canceled? Yeah. Well, I mean, could, could the same case be made for like Young Thug and the YSL group? Like, that's a the parent company is Warner Group, right? So if you're going to go after YSL for being, you're going to charge them with RICO charges. Warner is directly funding this organization. How are they not brought the court? Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's yeah. it's so. It's so crazy that like you could just that's that's its own entity in this sense. And it's just like, how do we not call that in, that big music corporation in the question if they're funding, they're making money off of this group and they're funding. Um, <laughs> it's crazy. It's, it's it's it makes you kind of say like it's impressive that these companies and granted, they pay their publicist a lot of money to not have this happen but they do such a good job of spinning narratives so that that doesn't happen because i never thought about that until you just said that shiz that like in in that case young thug he's getting paid by this company so you would think the company maybe is somewhat liable but maybe not in the contract i don't know there's something maybe that says they're not liable for what the person actually does but you would still think it'd show it'd show poor decision making in warner right like why are you gonna pay this person that's maybe doing these bad things they would have some responsibility. And I don't hear anybody saying anything about these record labels that are signing, you know, gang members or supposed gang members or that, you know, are, you know, reaping profits and taking advantage of people. Like, and, and that's because their publicists make sure that those stories are are spun in a way where they don't have any blame. They don't have a responsibility, you know? Right. Yes. Yeah, like nice. one of the, one of the craziest stories was when, do y'all remember the rapper TK? Oh yeah, he's done. Yeah, so the one that got the yeah, he got so he got seventy five years. But there were two. Like I remember when he first got when they first arrested him when like the the trial started. How many like different record labels were trying to sign him at the time, and knowing he was gonna go to jail forever. But they're like, shit. If we can at least get his masters, we got something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a quick buck off him. So it's like mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like. Technically speaking, you're still funding this person who's doing these heinous crimes, right? Yeah. Like the same thing because they did the same thing with Death Row. Because that isn't that what Shug Knight's in jail for right now? Well, Shug Knight's in jail for a number of shit. So <laughs> I'm happy. <laughs> that's, that's, that's one. It might be one of them, but yeah, there's, there's a whole there's a whole long list of shit that he's done. So this, this all these things go back to this court case that I still think is monumental um, and has really changed the way things have gone in terms of individuals versus corporations, mm. which is Citizens United versus the Federal Election Commission or the FC, FEC, FEC uh, which happened in 2010, where the Supreme Court uh, made a decision regarding that um, campaign finances and, and free speech are un- protected under the First Amendment for the US Constitution. Uh, because you get corporations donating large amounts of sums to politicians' campaigns, 
Um, and the people were trying to find out whether that was uh, legal or not. But this is what they found, that basically corporations can have the rights as an individual. And the individuals behind the corporations are protected if you move through the corporation. So corporations mm. will get the liability while you protect the individual. Mm. And so I think that's kind of what's going on when we talk about how these music groups uh, are getting away with some of these things. I mean, they've been getting away with it before that, Forever, but I think yeah. just that that legal precedent now and the way that organizations and corporations, even when we talk about Nike, the way that they're moving now, I think has a lot to do with that. And, and it, even though that was used in the, uh, the campaign and political realm, I think it could, you can, a good lawyer will be able to find loopholes to maneuver that elsewhere. Mm. Mm. Wow. Yes, Here, here's nice. a question. Who's who's somebody that should be canceled or blacklisted, whichever term you want to use, but we haven't done it yet? Hmm. That's a good question. Should be canceled. Well, we, we was talking about that country singer. <laughs> <laughs> What's his name? his name? I forgot his I'm about to look it up right now. Um well, yeah, he might be on the list. He's racking up a, a wild list of offenses that we might need to tell him to go sit down somewhere. Morgan Wallen. Oh, man. Yeah. So what was his most yeah. recent one? 20 hours ago? He did what? He uh poured uh a drink on a woman at the bar. Poured a drink on her blouse uh on a woman at the bar. Mm -hmm. And this is and, also uh, oh yeah, go ahead, Ring. I was gonna say, and additionally, we found out that he supposedly has been using the N-word um pretty regularly uh as a as a white male <laughs> young riley cooper <laughs> yeah you might be on the list so you said something um, earlier too right you said cancel culture only applies to what people of color i think it applies differently depending on your identity yeah like i, I think you you see so i i group it into like people trying to cancel the elon musks the jeff bezos the um, I'm spacing on his name, but the guy who owns uh, um, the PC company, Bill Gates. Sorry, um, like you have these <laughs> that these that yeah, just that guy, right? You have these big <laughs> big guys that are you know the wealthiest people in the world, also white men, and you have groups of people that want to cancel them, right? You have people that are hardcore. Don't shop at Amazon. Don't use you know Amazon. You know don't support Elon. Like don't buy this. Don't buy that. But mm -hmm. like, what's that really doing? I don't, I don't see any effect on that. But then you have people like the baby, Kanye West, Will Smith, you know, Travis the Scott. list goes on. And yeah, and granted, I'm not saying that those people should or shouldn't be canceled or looked at differently. But I'm just using them as example. People of color, and I feel in Tory Lanez, I feel like those people are discussed and reviewed way differently. And personally, I think there's been more of an impact on those people. Now, maybe that's because of other reasons, because of their, you know, connections or because of their financial ability to to navigate through canceling. But there seems to be a difference between there seems to be a difference of how somebody is canceled based on, uh, I guess, their wealth, their power and, and who they are. Well, it's yeah, easy to I, cancel. It's easy to cancel a black person because because we're just looked at as a commodity anyways. That's how we're looked at and treated. So it's I like I believe that. If next, the three, next thing up, we'll find the next thing. And for the three people that you named too, like it's it's hard to cancel those people because those are their names are associated with like some of the biggest corporations in the world, right? So, just, right. Just well, here's tough. the thing about that is like people are like you know cancel Elon, you know cancel Jeff, like ban yeah. capitalism, but like people don't really want to do that because if they really try to do that fully they would realize how different their lives would be. And I'm guessing most wouldn't want to do it. You know, like everybody can say that Amazon has their issues with their workers and they don't, you know, support their workers or have all these problems here and there. But a majority of the world utilizes Amazon, not just Amazon, but their partner companies and their services. So if you want to really cancel Jeff Bezos, stop using everything he's associated with. All right, that would show me fact. you really want to that's cancel what I, that's it. What so don't I'm say saying. this thing. Yeah. Don't 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 go on social media and say you know cancel Jeff Bezos. You know support for Amazon workers, and then you know go get your new pair of slippers next day delivery. Like don't don't do that. Like <laughs> so, but that's, like that's, be be like be consistent with what you're trying to do. What you're trying to say. 
No, that's a good point, Reem, because that goes back to, you know, we talked about labor laws and, you know, just some of the unfit conditions that, that go on into these Amazon things. Like if we're if we're willing to fight for that, then something has to give, right? In terms of, mm -hmm. yo, I like I like my Amazon Prime. I like to, you know, click something and get that shit, you know, 24 hours from now, like at my at my door, right? But that means someone's being overworked for that shit to happen, right? Mm -hmm. Um, or the same thing with Elon Musk, like, damn, I I want to get me a Tesla. Like I, that shit's going to his pocket, or you know, I'm getting all my news from Twitter. You know what I'm saying? So there's just mm -hmm. These motherfuckers got a hold on us, right? In terms of that's just that's just what it that's that's what it is. Like, yo, I yo, these guys are some powerful dudes. Like, no matter what we do, we're putting money in these guys' pockets. And it's just hard like, to Yeah, no, that's 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 all I had to say. It's just they they got they got a they got a chokehold on us. Cause my my biggest question is so like Maybe like Tesla and Twitter, like okay, I can stop. Like I don't own a Tesla, so it's bothering me, and I can stay on Twitter. But it's like Amazon. What's the alternative though? Because regardless of if we stop with UPS, Amazon, get ready to see your shit in two months. <laughs> so, because because what's gonna happen is, all right, we can say, oh, we're done using Amazon and stuff like that, and then somebody else is gonna turn around and make their own form of Amazon, and then we're gonna be supporting this person. And then we're gonna be in the same exact situation we were in mm, before. Mm. The devil. So is know. that this? Is, so is this? We're just gonna end up referring back to the same thing, even if we all stop using Amazon and we empowered somebody else. That means somebody else is gonna be in that power. Well, now. well, now you get into the crux of the argument, which is what are we really doing with capitalism? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and before you even say that, the 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 thing we've already talked about is that. People need to like just like be real with themselves for a second and recognize like you make decisions every day that harm some people and, and help others. Isn't and, that like, Darwinism? Is no, that Darwinism is survival of the fittest. Yeah, Darwinism well, is more of like a natural evolution kind of like. But isn't that similar to like what we're talking about right now? Oh, like, I see what to, you're saying. To, to Kareem yeah. in terms of we make a decision that might benefit us that might ultimately affect negatively impact or affect somebody else right oh yeah you could argue like that is survival of the fittest that's saying i'm smarter and more fitter than you so i'm going to survive if you can't figure it out then yeah yeah i, I see what you you're know saying. what i'm saying yeah then in that case yeah because I, I i hear you in terms of you know if we boycott amazon right then someone is going to come out with something else that's going to do the same exact not the same exact thing but it's going to negatively impact somebody else mm. Right. right. Um, yeah. just like yeah. our jobs, just like you know, with some of us who are, you know, out in the nonprofit world, right? We gotta continue to cultivate this narrative that you know our people need resources and stuff. If we solve the issue, then we're out of jobs. Right. Yeah, it, it's it, and it's just a funny thing because there's... To, that's still subscribing to the monetary system that we use because of capitalism. So if we really wanted to not fuck with it, if we don't fuck with the whole system. Because we're ascribing value to a piece of paper mm. at the end of the day. Yeah, but there's there's like dissonance to that in that people people can't figure out if they want to scrap the whole capital capitalist system or if they want to just take bits and pieces and, and, and redefine it. Yeah. And yep. neither is really easily done. Nope. But like not, I said, people are, people are inconsistent with it too, you know, because they'll say one thing, but then they'll support that same thing that they said not even realizing that it, it's the same thing it's connected you know Yo, it's the the best trick that the devil played was making people believe he didn't exist and that's the best trick that capitalism does is making people exist in this false sense of security and stability that makes you individualistic and only worry about yourself and that's going to be the title of this podcast <laughs> false sense of security mm. I mean, Could yes and no. What about what about the people? What about the people that without even knowing? You you do, but hmm. I guess that it makes me think about what about the people that truly believe opposite and don't follow through with those things. If they're not rounded up by society, if they're not rounded up by the structures that are built to keep a society as is, um, and they're not labeled as quote unquote 
crazy or they're not thrown in jails or they're not quote unquote canceled, mm. then they're probably living a very tough life, but that's by their choice. Or it's false because then they've had the means to live without outside, outside of the system. And that's because somebody along the way that they know or are related to or whatever actually benefited from the system. Somebody else. They don't have to care about. Yeah. Hmm. So there's not, there's not a way to, to not benefit from the capitalist system without living in, in probably some sort of hardship because it's the way that America runs, unless you have some benefits that allow you to kind of bypass that. Am I simplifying that too much? Maybe. No. No, and, and and I'm I'm saying it, but again, I'm it's, it's, it might be hypocritical, but I'm living in it. Like I gotta figure out how to live. Like you tell somebody else who's not me, fix a better way how to do it. It's like this is what we gotta we gotta make do what we got. We gotta play the game. The game is the game, as they say in the wire. Hmm. I mean, what what's right, the other option? You up. you you continue in our capitalist society and see where that goes. Or do you switch society to a, a different? Yeah, get the fuck out um, and move. Infrastructure of like a what, like a socialist or a communist or a Canada a totalitarian Mexico. or authoritarian, like Australia. Australia. Yeah, <laughs> Australia. <laughs> Go <somewhere else. laughs> Universal <Yeah>. healthcare. <laughs> Hey, I mean, hey. credit to you guys because you guys have been able to travel a little bit, so you see the difference, especially in a completely different continent how how things work like that's probably something everybody needs right it's a little more perspective like america's great but it's not perfect by any means but go to is, any other country australia not, yeah. exactly, australia exactly. Is, yeah, go to go to any other country and stay there long enough you'll... Their, um, 92 percent of their indigenous population when we were there it was killed off mm. so only eight yep. percent was left and they yeah, were infringing right. on and gentrifying all those areas and moving them out of their areas that they already have so mm-hmm. everywhere yeah. has its problems and I'm not saying that yeah, yeah, pushing exactly. them off the coastlines and stuff and, and, and pushing Grass them more into yeah, it's not. Yeah, I think that like that's the point I would want people to understand is like every place has their issues. And depending on who you are, some issues might, you know, be more relevant or less relevant. And that's all like subjective to the person, you know. So some people are gonna do way better in America or in the US. Some people are going to do way better in Switzerland. Some people are going to do way better in Australia. Like there, there might not be a perfect, um, you know, system or society. It's probably a lot more subjective to the, the people in the society. Right. I got a question. Right. Would you would you forfeit the day to day hustle and bustle of like capitalism to to fly and move somewhere else? Would you Would you do that? And what pick berries out of a tree? Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm trying. I like my drive-through, bro. I like my Uber. Yeah. Do do I do I know what the opposite is? Uh, like nothing in gathering. No, thank you. <laughs> wait. No. Nah, well. Well. Wait. No. No. Also, no. I wasn't talking, talking, talking about. No. I wasn't. I wasn't talking oh, about like going oh, fully oh. like off the grid remote. I'm talking about in terms fault. of. I was talking about like what we were just talking about moving to Australia, moving elsewhere. Would you? Would you oh, forfeit okay. the day-to-day hustle and bustle of like the U.S. and what that entails to move somewhere else? Because I know. Like let's for instance, Australia, yeah, they got they have their their past and 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 they have their shit, right? But in terms of like the the culture and the and just the vibe, bro, was was significantly different than like the shit that we've dealt with in America, right? In terms of I mean, even just y'all y'all laugh, y'all gun violence, but 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 even y'all y'all joke about me going up to Williamstown and stuff, but even that three hour drive up to just being in that town, it's therapeutic versus having just the 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 tensity of of living in the city is like a lot, right? Versus moving outside of that or or moving elsewhere, being in Australia. I thought that was it was dope, bro. Like at a certain amount of at a certain time during the day people were spending time with their families or going to the beaches and stuff. Like everything felt like it was just like a, a universal pause in Australia for people to do what they wanted to do versus here. It's like, no, we're, we're, we're constantly, we're just, it's like, it's almost like tunnel vision. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm going on a, a long rant, but I just, yeah. <laughs> Little tangent. Nah, nah. I, if if I had to move to another place and stay there permanently, 
I probably would just stay like here in the US and just deal with what I know to be here. But if I could go experience another place for a few years and then would have the decision to stay or go back, then I would 100% do that. But I, I feel like, like I, I'm a, I recognize my privilege and how lucky I am. I, I think I have many opportunities here. So like, I think I could have opportunities elsewhere, but I know what I can do here. When I say here, I mean like the United States, but um, it's tough to like, it goes back to like, are you willing to like go into the unknown a little bit and not be sure what's going to happen in another place versus I'm pretty confident what kind of are realistic and then what are high end possibilities here, you know? Would you say it's because you're comfortable in your surroundings that it oh, may make you feel you might be worried about trying something new? That's that's a big piece to it. That it is a big piece to it. Um, but I, I also recognize like for all of the bad things people talk about the U, the US having, I I know that there are bad things everywhere else. So like to me, that's not, you know, if I like people were saying I'm gonna move to Canada if Trump becomes president. Like that doesn't solve really that many issues because there's going to be issues that are going to come up in Canada. Like I, right. I look at things from that perspective is that if I get away from my problems here, I'm going to find other problems somewhere else because that's life. So it, it, it's it's not as much of a, a deal breaker for me in that sense. I'd move more for quality of life, for family, for personal, like as opposed to um, materialistic or, or things of that nature. Yeah, because those, those is, are gonna be issues anywhere. And and as you said, Kareem, there's two points I wanted to to make. Was one that far too often I, I'm speaking the I statement, get caught up caught up looking at the negatives of the situation and not the positives. So even though I just spent the last segment derailing against capitalism and whatnot, um, there's still a lot of things, a lot of freedoms and opportunities that we are allotted in this country, um, where we live. Um that have benefit that I've benefited from and that I enjoy and that make my life better. So um, I want to start doing that more in 2023 is, you know, looking at the positives, not just mm. focusing on the negative. And then the second part um, was that, yeah, the grass ain't always greener, like you said, man. And like, well, we, we got some stuff over here that other people would dream about having and even doing this luxury, even doing this thought exercise right now is a luxury of the privilege, right? We can afford to think like this. We can afford to talk like this. Some people you can't even talk about the government, yeah, right? Or else, getting bad, <laughs> or else, yeah, you getting disappeared, right? Or yeah. <laughs> Saudi Arabia women just earned the right to drive a year, two years ago. Crazy. So it's like there's there's stuff that we're we're even able to engage in this exercise because we have privilege and I recognize my privilege and I'm thankful for that as well. That's good perspective, man. I mean, yeah. that's that's what's important is regardless of what you think is like, do, do you have perspective to recognize both sides or all sides? Now that there's only two, but yeah, I think you're definitely right. Yeah, man. Does anybody else got any last thoughts on that? That was good discourse. I'm, I'm good. Deep. See, always ending with the rant on capitalism. I guess that's been our our go to <laughs> lately. Yeah, right. <laughs> but all right, that's it. If no one else has any OTR thoughts, nothing to say, nothing off the rip. Like, give Kareem some thinking time. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Just give me, just give me like another two seconds. I'll count down in my head. Nah, nah. I feel. I right feel I got my stuff out. Look, uh, uh, you guys sports things. I know you got a, something. Yeah, I'm. I'm just. I'm just gonna put this out there. The goat is getting close to becoming the all-time leading scorer. So at that point, you know, we solidified as the goat, in my opinion. So I just want to put that out there. Uh, <laughs> okay. okay. And Bronny's hitting each phase in basketball games. So. Michael Jordan's Yo. sons definitely aren't better than LeBron's sons. <laughs> I'm gonna say. <laughs> Man. All right, then we'll tell the good people where to find us. You can find us at off the rip dot podcast or off the rip underscore podcast. Like I always say, tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend to give us a listen, and they won't be disappointed. And that's been another episode of Off the Rip. Oh, yeah, homie,
Get about where you came 